Hey, Jackson. Hey, Colton. Can I uh, trade you a Guinness for a Ruby Soho? Are we on air? We are on the air. All right. We've been recording for the past five minutes. What a good way to start. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Odd Drunk Podcast, a very strange podcast. The drunkest show in the world. It's Jackson and Colton talking out of their ass. We don't care as long as drinks are poured. Sometimes we have our friends here. We will talk about anything. Anything. We don't care as long as we have And if you let that whiskey ring, and the Odd Drunk Podcast. There we go. There you go. Thank Welcome. you. Welcome back to the Odd Drunk Podcast, my friends. Um, Welcome. Tonight's going to be a real fun episode. Um, so it's me and Colin again. We also have our friend... Whatever he wants to go by. Antonio. I like that one this time. <laughs> Our friend Antonio Banditas. I, th- I think in six shows I've had six names. <laughs> yeah. If you've been listening to the podcast, you'll recognize his voice. Yeah. yeah. He's a good friend of ours. But yeah. now we can actually record him. Yeah, we have. Properly. We have, we have uh, three microphones now. We had three microphones before, but we have three matching microphones. So yes. We have that consistent sound. Sorry about my keys, by the way. It's okay. You need them. There's a bottle opener. Exactly. I'm always ready. (laughs) Um, I just wanted to make a quick shout out real quick. (laughs) Um, So recently, um, a podcast called This Week in Metropolis actually gave us a shout out without asking for anything in return. And they gave us a shout out for our last episode. They said, check these guys out. Uh, they tagged us in podcast recommendations, and we did the same. We don't have yeah. much of an audience to help them, <laughs> but we really appreciate that, and we definitely want you to check their podcasts out. Yeah, um, they're pretty good. I like them. Yeah, they cover all kinds of topic. it's topics, and what I think is cool, they often have guests, and their guests is often local businessmen um, and people like with different skills and different fields and stuff. So like if they're talking about yeah. tech, they have a guy that's in the tech field. I love the idea of having um, people in like their field and uh, local people coming in like that. Um, yeah. And yeah, they're a UK based podcast. So that's, that made it even cooler for me at least that someone across the pond has yeah. found us, <laughs> but yeah, check them out. Um, I just listened to their episode on burgers. They talked to this guy that runs an American diner. An American diner. Yeah, he runs an American diner, and I think Wessex. But I love. Correct me if I'm wrong. I love seeing examples of American food. In well, we other have countries. Mexican food. Exactly. We have Chinese and, food, and it makes sense that they other countries would have their American food. And that makes me wonder. And it's really fascinating to see what out of our food that they pick as and how do American. they interpret American yeah. lots of sugar uh, yeah lots, lots of, of sugar, sugar. <laughs> probably even more than we put you know <laughs> uh, and the burgers are probably really gnarly and ridiculous but good you know <laughs> yeah I mean I saw that's my favorite kind of burger I saw an image of um, a supermarket like in Sweden and they have the, you know how we have in our uh, Kragers um, 
Kroger, uh, the like the Chinese food section, the Asian section, mm-hmm. like stuff like that. They have their American section, and they had <laughs> canned hot dogs <laughs> that were labeled as American hot dogs. <laughs> and I'm, my response was, you know, that's amazing. That's fair. But also, I really hope that they don't actually think that the average American eats canned hot dogs. Well, they didn't put any beans in it. No. no. Oh man, just canned hot dogs. I'm like, I'm like, I really hope that most people in Europe realize that we eat, um, not canned hot dogs. I mean, hot dogs are still pretty damn disgusting when you think about it. <laughs> Have you yeah. ever been desperate no. enough to make a Vienna sausage sandwich? I despise Vienna sausages. <laughs> I, but I, I won't judge because I like spam. That's a canned oh, wiener. No. Yeah. You really? kind of I used to hate spam, but since we were broke, you kind of got me into it. <laughs> like scrambled have, eggs and spam. I have a professor in the history department at our school. Um, one of my favorite professors, and he uh loves spam to the point of he will open up the spam the can and lick the the lid of the can. Oh. He just cannot get enough. He has a mask, you know, because of COVID, we're all wearing masks in and class. He takes his m- and he has a mask that's a spam themed mask. Oh my god! He is in love with it, and I <laughs> like spam, but in specific things, I'll chop it up, put it in my mac and cheese, and my not, eggs. Not straight out of the can. No, I have to at least cook, cook it. it. You don't have to though. That's I, magic. I know people that will open it up and eat it with a spoon. Yeah, then that a little pepper. that is crossing the line for me. <laughs> my dad absolutely despises spam I'm with your dad. Your <laughs> he dad's said a smart man he said i was broke but i didn't stoop that low <laughs> thank you i at least had baloney oh, here. you can live on potatoes oh. before i eat spam jason you hurt me <laughs> you cut deep i mean i mean you can make a spam steak you can get a slice of it and uh roll it in flour fry it like a chicken fried steak <laughs> you tell him about it send him some recipes um <laughs> that is the recipe <laughs> Um, and well, we are, or you could stick it outside as bait for a coyote, shoot the coyote, and eat the coyote, and then eat the you coyote. Could. I would totally that'd be a little better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mangly spam, coyote meat. The spam might be safer though, because the you know the boiler is down. it though coyote meat? I don't know how. But spam coyote is like coyote mystery meat, meat though. Boiler it's all the down. scraps. Um, it's pork, but it it's actually they, not. They it's mix ac- other stuff. It's with actually it. not. Yeah, no, it's actually not as much of a mystery as people think it is. It'll be like. Mostly pork, along with a bunch of scraps they scraped off the floor. But hot dogs are even worse, actually. Oh yeah, and they don't yeah. have a negative connotation like spam no, does. No, I I love hot yeah, dogs. Yeah, but hot dogs taste good when you barbecue them, and I still can't get spam to taste good barbecue. <laughs> so I've never tried barbecue spam. <laughs> no. And you know you can't beat a good Nathan's hot dog. No. Oh Nathan's, yeah. Hebrew National's pretty. Good That's too. good stuff. So if. There wasn't a title to this episode. You'd probably think we're talking about hot dogs and spam. You, you know, uh, hot dogs you get at a barbecue, but and sometimes you have a shitty barbecue. You just have a shitty punk, punk barbecue, barbecue where you eat burnt burgers and drink PBR. And I've been in a few of those. Th- those, are per- those are perfect punk barbecues, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, that I is the punk the barbecue. Dude, the my, yeah. my friend, he was really in the pu- he was He considered himself. Well, he probably didn't call himself this because it's not punk, too. But he was definitely like a hardcore punk. <laughs> and I hung out with him and his friends all the time, and I just kind of sat to the side while they broke their shins on skateboards and stuff, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but he had a punk rock barbecue. It wasn't supposed to be a punk rock barbecue, but it's the – It just ended up that it way? It just ended up exactly – there was a drunk uncle, okay? <laughs> always – there's always – 
A drunk uncle. Um, burnt burgers. Classic with no condiments, maybe some ketchup. They had ketchup. They but only no no, they, le- no lettuce, no tomatoes, they had no once, onions. They had one six pack of um, Bud Light. They had okay. one six pack of um, <laughs> white buns. Did <laughs> they? But it was awesome because it was so authentic, and they were not trying. See, I've been to plenty of barbecues like that, but. I've been to barbecues that are proof that a punk barbecue does not have to be bad. No, it doesn't have to be. One time I went to a punk barbecue, and this was, I called a punk barbecue because it was all the punk guys I hung out with, and we were listening to punk music, and it was, we were hanging out for that reason. But we had Guinness. We were uh, grilling up carne asada. It was delicious. We had a. Nice. That good. That was the. That's a sophisticated that's punk. That's a sophisticated. That's, that's a, an old punk barbecue. That's a bourgeois. <laughs> yeah, punk garbage, which I guess makes it less punk. Being bourgeois, yeah, but uh, but yeah, we we're talking <laughs> about ska. You know, get it up, get it up, pick it up, pick it up. Oi, <laughs> <laughs> oi! No, 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 no. Oi, punk is different than ska punk. Well, now what defines an actual punk barbecue? Do you have like classic characters to it? Okay, the bare minimum for a punk barbecue like is very similar uncle. to what I explained. You have drunk uncle. Yep. You have a bunch of cousins. Yeah, <laughs> cheap beer. Cheap like beer. Bud, cheap. Bud Light. Milwaukee's best. Milwaukee's best. Yeah. Um, if it's a someone's birthday party, they'll have a cake, but just like a basic cake, just no frills, you know. Yeah, well, it's, it's got icing. It's the cake that you buy in the frozen section at yeah. City Market. If they're fancy, they will have baked it themselves, and it will probably actually be worse. Mm-hmm. But bake it the will fact, look nicer. The fact, no, it won't even look nicer. <laughs> probably won't even have frosting. <laughs> but they'll but be the drinking, fa- so it'll but be the okay. fact that they baked it themselves, that it's homemade, yeah, yeah. makes it fancier. <laughs> and the burnt burgers, yeah, and. Well, minimal they, they or don't no have, buns. They don't have to be burnt. That's the minimum, though. Yeah, they don't have to be burnt burgers. The key thing is that the person barbecuing doesn't know how to barbecue. Oh, and they're so, playing so, punk rock. So my memories <laughs> yeah. are, what, what about the, like, the two best friends from grade school that are beating the shit out of each other because they love yep. each other so Yes, much. that happens. Yeah, that yeah, happens. Okay. Yeah. There's yeah. at least one fight. Yeah. Whis- well, fight. There's, there's <laughs> aggressive fights. There's also whiskey slaps and, mm-hmm. and beer fights. Yeah. And a hospital trip. I have, uh, I have a, I've made a hospital trip from the back of my punk <laughs> I had one time. Um, <laughs> I've heard this story. I had one time where uh, we were playing um, the Molly Nixon's my old uh, band. Uh, you mm-hmm. started with us, yeah. Um, and uh, or at least you helped us write some songs. Um, I didn't have time, and Caleb was annoying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hope yeah. you heard that. But uh, we we were we were playing a show, and we were out there. We were it was like barbecue, and uh, Caleb comes up Don't to worry, me. I love you, Caleb. Before we were going to play and goes, and he had been drinking, and he's like, Colton, you need to slap me (laughs) as hard as you can. Oh, yeah. Wake him up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, we're talking about punk rock. But I have one more shout out. Oh, yeah. My dad's friend, one of his worker railroader friends, he has been messaging. God, I hate railroad people. He's messaged us well, about every daughter, other day. My sister was one. I <laughs> <laughs> my daughter drives trains. <laughs> my sister was one. I was roommates with one. They're all annoying. They just can't stop Well, they're not pretentious Silverton they, Railroad people. Oh, that's true. The, all, most of the railroad people I know are like 
These are real men, Colton. Most yeah. railroad people <laughs> I know are like the railroad people who work on actual coal steam engines. Yeah, and they're like hipsters about and it. And they're all hipsters about it and are just a Dan, you were Dan. Yeah. Yeah. We'll post a picture um not of Dan but of <laughs> someone doing kind of the finger the finger thumbs that Dan does. The you know the you know, you know. It might just about. be of Dan. <laughs> and uh he would come home from he was a brakeman on the Durango Silverton Railroad. Uh-huh. And he would come home from work Plastered. you know late at night after going to the bar and he would go upstairs and play train simulator <laughs> on his computer. <laughs> well, and I remember and I was there a couple times when he did it even when he didn't live there. He would like climb up the like yeah, yeah, balcony. He, 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 like, <laughs> he would do stuff that we we're pretty sure would get him hurt. Uh, and but then he yeah somehow, on his on his day off he would play train simulator. <laughs> he just loved trains. See, my dad would call him. We love you, Dan. If you're listening, which I doubt you are, but railroaders, if you are, we love you. Railroaders awesome. have a term for people that are obsessed over trains. Oh yeah, and they call them foamers because they just foam at the mouth every time they see a train. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like <laughs> yeah, but yeah, my dad's buddy, uh, Jason Halfcoat. That's a cool name. It is a cool name. Yeah. Shout out to your name. Yes. Yeah. Half coat. That's cool. <laughs> like, what does that even mean? I don't know, but it's Wearing cool. Wearing half a coat? I mean, I is feel it, it sounds like a pirate name. Yeah. Captain Half Coat yeah, at Captain, your service. Captain Half Coat. Arr. Arr. Yeah. But anyway, awesome. <laughs> he'll love that because he actually listens to us. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he sent us a bunch of beers, a bunch of pictures. Um, for us P- to pitch- check out pictures of beers. Yeah, um, you're gonna, you're gonna he sent me so much. I'm not gonna talk about all of them or any of them. But thanks, and we will keep our eyes out. Yeah. And any of you, if you have any recommendations for beers, for an episode, for anything, you can hit us up at um, theoddrunkpod at gmail dot com. We have an email. You can also post on our uh, Facebook page, our Facebook group. The Odd Drunk fan page. Which we put more attention to, you can, honestly. You can join our group, post about uh, beers and recommendations. And you can message us at Instagram. Uh, all the links will be down below. And we have a link tree now in the description for all the different streaming services that we are currently on. Do, do, you, have yep. a, do you have an address if I wanted to send you a beer? <laughs> well, that's well, Colton's personal information. We'll work on that. I don't want to give out my personal. Our studio is my spare uh, bedroom. Colton's phone number is. <laughs> I actually don't know your phone oh, number. I'm sorry. Was I not supposed nine to five one eight six seven five three zero nine? Give us a call. Understood that reference. <laughs> but yeah, I just want to thank him for actually sending us some, some beer recommendations. Yeah, thank you, that's Captain cool. Halfcoat. Yeah, Captain Halfcoat. We're going to do a pirate episode, maybe. We are. We'll talk about you. For Pirate Day. Yeah. Let's, we let's missed Pirate Day last year. Yeah, that's in September. September 19th. Yeah. Or something. Something like that. 9th. I don't know. Anyway, we're talking about punk. <laughs> this is going to be a really loose episode. Don't worry about it. We got some punk beers. Oh, yeah. That's the next thing we have we to do. We have get some to. really appropriate beers. So many beers. Things. Speaking of, you know, speaking of. Uh, you know, a half coat uh, recommending beers, and we will keep an eye out those if we find it, and then we'll feature. Well, we them have on the some to show. recommend to you, Mister. Yes. Um, not really. To, well, especially this one. <laughs> um, so, in honor of rancid and everything ska and punk, we have a beer from Ska Brewing. So, yeah, 
Can't get any better than that. We have two beers from Scarborough. Yes, we do. So this first one, which is is my favorite of the two, but the other that doesn't mean the other one's bad. Yeah. But I I really like this one. The Ruby Soho Grapefruit Lager. And if you know anything about punk music, you know that's a rancid song. One of their most popular ones. Probably their most well-known one. Either that or Time Bomb. Time Bomb Olympia is pretty well-known. I hear that on the radio a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's more on, like, punk stations. Yeah. But Ruby Soho played That's, like, played everywhere. Um, This is a great beer. It's Um, a grapefruit um, lager. My sister hates this beer. (laughs) She thinks it tastes like PBR with some grapefruit squeezed into it. I think See, it I tastes, don't think at all. I think it tastes better than that. I, I don't like think it. it's that at all. Like, it, well, yeah. even if it was, it's what's the same. Wrong with that? It's the same style. It is a lager, but it, it is better than a PBR because okay. it has grapefruit. And it, it here's it, the people. It tastes more than just like you squeeze. Here's some the people I'll recommend it. it to you. If you like seltzers and you want an actual beer, yeah, try this. Try it's something like light. this. It's pretty light. It's pretty. It's fruity. Fruity. Yeah, it's not bitter at all. Like not, some yeah, not too much on the is. bitters. It's pretty evened out. Yeah. You could argue that it's a little too tame for what it's trying to be. Yeah, it it is tame. But I don't think that's always a bad thing. No, it it you know, one it's of my fitting. one of my favorite <laughs> beers of all time is um you know, one of my go-tos is a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, and that's a really tame beer. Yeah, it is. But it's delicious. I like it. It's easy to drink. It's tasty. We also have Scott Brewing's Brew Stomper. Now, this one mm-hmm. is very interesting and very fitting because it's a collaboration between Scott Brewing and Rancid. Yeah. It's brewed for the Bash Fest. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'll be honest. I'm surprised that they still have this, uh, they're producing this beer because they brewed it for a special occasion and they're year and a half People later. People just liked it enough. Year and a half later, still making it, which uh, is cool. And it's basically a PBR adjacent light beer. Yeah, it's it's actually not Ale. that great. <laughs> but, but the fact that Rancid collaborated with Ska to make this. Yeah, it's got a cool can design. We can post a picture later. Um, Definitely. Yeah. It looks like something Peter Griffin would drink. It does. Yeah, it's a very classic beer design. Um, it's, it's just a pretty solid beer. Um, and we also got one more beer. Nothing special here, but when I uh, every every week when I when I go to liquor store to pick out a beer to share on the episode, I try to my best to pick out one that's appropriate. And I will stand in the liquor store for fifteen minutes staring at the beer aisle like I normally do, <laughs> trying to decide because Star Liquor has a lot of beer. Shout out to Star Liquor, by the way, which is where we buy a lot of our beer. Yes. Um, and I thought to myself. What is a beer that I have drank at a lot of punk shows I've been to? <laughs> Guinness. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a so, classic. It's mm-hmm. a classic. I got the Guinness Extra Stout because I like that one a lot. Um, so nothing special. You've all heard of Guinness. Well, and I'm but, not uh, one of those people that reserve Guinness streak- strictly for Irish <laughs> things. <laughs> no. I, for St. Paddy's Day. Yeah, I do prefer it in the winter, in the yeah. fall. You know what we, yeah. we should but, do? Yeah. You know what we should do on the podcast for St. Paddy's Day? What's oh. that? Drink a lot of Guinness? <laughs> we should do some car bombs. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm having fond memories of, of punk shows. <laughs> so, t- okay. We're fairly young. I So, uh, it's kind of pretentious of us to act like we've had a lot of memories at punk shows. We've had good ones. Yeah. But a lot? 
maybe like five to ten, maybe. I've had a few more than that, but yeah, you know. Well, you were a punk band. I was so a punk. Yeah, I was like in a punk your, band. Your punk shows also that also counts. Yeah, I went to punk shows mm-hmm. back home. My, my, yeah, my, yeah. My first exposure to punk was moving in with Mick Mucus. See, punk was a very so. much a dead thing from where I was from. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, it was. Um, it may, had a resurgence. Um, in fact, we played at this punk venue for a while, my old band, and it was awesome. Because even though there would only be like maybe nine to fifteen people in there at mm-hmm. the time, they had this enthusiasm for music and support and the energy they that just you want. they just love the atmosphere and you know yeah and it was a very shitty place uh you would find beer cans and bottles all over the floor it's no one would pick be. it up it's supposed to be. um <laughs> it's they haven't paid the electric bill you know that type of thing it, yeah. it's way too hot it's sw- slimy it's sweaty but i had those are some of my m- most fond memories of playing a gig because there was just so much energy and emotion there yeah and I think the energy and emotion is a very critical part of punk music. Oh yeah, I um, back uh, when I was in high school, I went uh, and saw Stiff Little Fingers. That's awesome. Um, at the observatory in Orange County, I grew up. Uh, for those listening, uh, in the L.A. area. Yeah, yeah. So I went and saw Stiff Little Fingers. You know, if you're not familiar with them, they're a punk band from the '80s, kind of the same era as the Clash. Um, they're from okay. Northern Ireland, yeah. okay, Northern yeah. Ireland, Great Britain, late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, um, and I went and saw them, and you know, I had a great time. And part of it was, you know, I was in the mosh pit, uh, you know, for a little bit, and then some of it I spent just hanging out on the side watching. And there was this old lady, talking like Betty White, <laughs> in the pit. <laughs> And she was the person, and you know what I'm talking about. Every punk show you go to, when the song ends and the next song starts, there's the one person who's like edging Still, everyone to get, get going, in it going, to yeah. get going again. <laughs> that was her. What? <laughs> and it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. So she just and fell in love just, with punk like later on. I have in no idea. Like <laughs> but, but it's like punk. It's that energy you're talking about. Is just my fondest memories of punk shows. Are the is the energy because punk didn't really start till maybe the late sixties, mid to late sixties. Yeah, really. You could argue the really the seventies, but you could argue. Well, you can argue like the proto punk bands, Rolling Stones, the Kinks, the Who, Iggy Pop, Iggy Pop, Um, even the Doors in some aspects. You know, yeah, yeah, even the Beatles, like Helter Skelter. You got your proto punk, Iggy Pop, uh, Lou Reed, uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But proper punk Blonde, didn't Blondie. start until about the mid-70s, and that's when like people mm-hmm. like Blondie were popping up, the Talking Heads, yeah. the Clash, all these magnificent bands. Yeah. And you can't understate them. No, no. And I don't want to hear anyone says they don't like Blondie, because she was highly influential, and her band was awesome. I was listening to Blondie today. Blondie's awesome. I have a... And she was hot. I have a best of CD in my car. I'm sorry, that's not politically correct to say. Damn you. But I, <laughs> as a male, as I consider myself a male as you human being, as a male. I identify. <laughs> Blondie was hot. She was a Playboy bunny. She was in the late 60s. She actually didn't start getting into music until she was about 27, 28. 
Yeah. Like, she was already way past that, like, the early years. She was a, an adult at that point, you know. A rebellious adult. And there's, yes. a, there's a lot of both proto-punk and also just, like, rock as a genre in the late 60s and in the early 70s. Just leaning towards. Was leaning towards that direction and faster, punk came out of it. More aggressive Because you also have, uh, you know, people that aren't considered punk or even proto-punk, but are, I would argue, are kind of leaning that way like Joan Jett. Yeah, yeah, and you have yeah. to acknowledge band, like you have to acknowledge like Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath. Yeah, because even though those, especially Black Sabbath, is considered a proto metal band. Like, are you telling me that a lot of their early like, songs had very punk vibes? Like, you, you can't tell me that. You know, I mean, I don't know, but I bet face to face, those guys probably listened to Black Sabbath. Well, they like <laughs> well bands like that. They they found a part of Sabbath they really liked. They liked the faster, the more aggressive stuff. Right. And it came from that. And then the bands that focused more on their more melodic and like stoner metal things, that kind of went into what we now know as prog rock, metalcore, all these different metal subgenres. Yeah. You know, metal is <laughs> um, confusing. And then um, a band I really want to talk about, which kind of. It kind of bridged the gap and kind of popularized ska and punk to a degree yeah i wouldn't call them a ska or punk band per se i think there was something more than that or there might be a better way of defining them but the police oh i love the police yeah and that whole new wave era outlandos Damore is one of my favorite albums of all time they do have a couple uh ska like songs and a lot of reggae songs well you if so if you, but, you also listen to them I guess similar era, maybe the police. Ca- I don't. I'm not completely sure the police came a little bit before, um, but you know, uh, right after the police came the Clash, and the Clash. If you listen to it, there's a lot of reggae. Oh yeah, influence in the Clash, and that's not an accident because around that same time that the police were doing that reggae influence and the Clash were doing that reggae influence is when. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Antonio left to go. Uh, what do you think he's doing, huh? Probably smoking a spliff. Probably. <laughs> um, See, we're the odd drunk podcasters, but our guest here, he's more do, into... They can do whatever they like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, um, no, but <laughs> right, right around this time is... My also- favorite Police album. Yeah. And I think has the most Ska-like stuff in it. Oh, he's back. I don't know how to pronounce it exactly. It's Zenyetta Mondata. Oh yeah, that's a that's one of my favorites. I know that. Well, yeah, that's a good one. Um, no, but around the same time that the police were coming out, and then after them, the Clash was around the same time that uh, you got bands second wave ska became really popular in Specials. England, like the Specials and Madness and all these types. Eventually, of bands. the Mighty Mighty Boston. Well, Mighty Mighty Boston's are third wave ska. That's when yeah. ska and punk combined more. But back in second wave ska, they were more distinctly separate. But when from you each think other. of the classics, those are who you think of. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I was listening uh, to a, a message to Rudy earlier. That's just oh, such a yeah. classic. I love that song. I mean, that that's a song um, that goes back to first wave ska. What I love about so good. ska and ska punk and anything that has that influence, it can be aggressive. It can be energetic. But it's never a downer. You're always happy when you're listening to There's Scott. a Blondie song 
and I don't remember what it's Ska's called. Ska's not meant to make you angry. There's a Blondie song that the melody and it has the rhythm and everything is really similar to A Message to Rudy. Mm-hmm. Really similar. I think... I oh, Which one was it? I don't know. Like, singing about, <laughs> like, being on a beach or something. I can't remember. Blondie? She has yeah. a lot of songs like that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think Blondie went through, like, a beach phase. Oh, everyone but does. That's one of my we? favorite... Like those are some of my favorite Blondie songs. It's just so happy and you're just having a good time. <laughs> you listen to that. Well, and she was part of that New York new wave scene. Yeah, CBGB. Oh yeah, yeah. Which was country, country bluegra- bluegrass, bluegrass blue. Yeah, and there's a quote. All these from, punks showed there's up. There's a quote it. from Hilly Crystal, who was the owner of CBGB, and he said that uh, it was something along the lines of, um, "It's country bluegrass blues." He thought when he opened it. He thought country was going to be the next big thing. And he said <laughs> it was in Nashville. Yeah. Where it makes sense. <laughs> he was in the wrong city. But then, you know, it became one of the biggest uh, punk venues in the nation. You know. Yeah. Only ones I can think of off the top of my head that like match it, like the Whiskey A Go-Go and mm-hmm. a couple places like that. And the song we were thinking of is The Tide Is High. Mm. It's like the same chord progression. It's yeah. very ska influenced. Yeah. Um, well, now, how would you create a venue that's safe for punk? You don't. Back in that happens. period? It has, it has to be pretty much made well, out of concrete. Basically, yeah. punk wasn't a thing. It you wasn't a genre back then. Back then, you Not didn't really. create punk venues. I know, but things they just broken. happened. You have all these. Yeah. Basically, back then, <laughs> punk was just indie bands. Yeah. And they would show up to these places... And they would start playing. They would start getting gigs there. And whatever. It, it is important to once once punk started to like take root in like underground music. Um, not all punk bands that are well known now were indie bands. The Sex Pistols right. and the Ramones were both. They had managers. They were kind of manufactured. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. I love the Sex Pistols. Fucking awesome. If if there's, I've had people well, they, ask. You know, you you've heard the question. If there's a one like show you could go back in time to see that was before your day on my list of potential ones was be would be any of the shows during the sex pistols american tour that'd be pretty badass. when when, <laughs> when sid vicious uh the, the the downfall of sid vicious the american tour that's notorious and i would you know people got stabbed people got in fights I would would love to go to one of those. I'd be careful, but I would love to go to one of those. (laughs) Yeah. um, But for me, my main... Well, you also... You can't discredit or not mention Bob Marley and the Whalers. Oh, yeah. Highly influential for this genre. Yeah. People don't realize... People attribute a lot of uh, punk and ska to, like old school ska and first wave and second wave ska but that's not it there was reggae too I mean, reggae yeah sublime wasn't a ska band they were a reggae punk band. with ska songs yeah but yeah sublime wasn't a ska punk they were reggae punk and i think that's why they've still remained so important today yeah i'd, um, I'd say uh sublime was one of the uh, most influential you know bands of the 90s and let and me you s- could say they do fit into the punk genre. Let not me say a, not something as, about Sublime. Not as neatly as some other bands, but they do fit into that. You cannot discredit Sublime. 
all these people that hate him for being mainstream and stuff, they're obviously just focusing on their hits. Yeah. Um, Sublime, 40 Ounces of Freedom, that's one of the best punk that's a great, albums. That's a great album, yeah. With ska, with reggae, all kinds of stuff. Um, and their cover of uh, We're Only Gonna Die for Our Own Arrogance. Oh, that was that post- religion. What what was that posted on? I saw that on Facebook the other day. You, you I think my dad. <laughs> yeah, it was like your dad or but um something like that. That is an amazing cover. Uh, yeah, and um, you yeah you cannot discredit Sublime or ignore Sublime. We've played in uh punk now Sublime me, me with and you, Bradley. Me and you yeah Sublime with, with Rome, Rome or that's whatever. not Sublime. Sublime no. died in a on a beach with his needles on. Yes. Um. Okay, I'm gonna say it because it's how the internet is. Just say it. I know he didn't die on a beach. <laughs> someone is going to. It was in the hotel. Someone room. is going to say something about that. <laughs> it's um, your it's your story. You go ahead and tell it the yeah. way you want to. But I mean, you and me have played in bands together where we uh, at least try to be punk. Yeah, and, w- and we've covered Badfish. Well, we definitely have punk influence. Either yeah. no matter what kind of band we're trying to do. Yeah, and that's always going to be there. And we've covered Badfish, and I've always considered that. I mean, it's not a punk song, but I've always considered that in the same grouping, though. Of like, well, I would consider ones. it a ska classic. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I mean, ska it doesn't have horns, so I have doesn't trouble, have I have, to have horns. I have trouble though. calling a song ska when it doesn't have horns. Basically, <laughs> ska it needs the walking bass lines are and our horns. Horns it doesn't is, need horns. Horns is probably I would say the most. Uh, it's important feature. It's definitely defining, but you can have a ska song without horns. Yeah, but you're right. The walking bass lines is important because, like, say, take Streetlight Manifesto. A lot of really hardcore, or hardcore old school ska fans say that they're not ska. Right. And they, it's because they have more of those punk rhythms. Yeah. You know, they're punk with horns. But I think they're ska. I don't know. No, when I <laughs> – and – no, and I love ska. And obviously we can't uh, continue this conversation without mentioning Rancid. We've already talked about them earlier. But yeah. in Outcome to Wolves, they definitely have a lot of good ska songs on there, good punk songs, more reggae-influenced ones. You know, Rancid was <laughs> – and Out Come the Wolves is one of my favorite albums of all time. Yeah. And for much of my life, I had never sat down and listened to that album. I never sat down and really listened to Rancid. I knew of them. Right. But they were not a band I really listened but to. But that album. But then when I was at some point when I was in high school, I sat down and downloaded the album. I was like, I've heard this is a good album. I should listen to it. And I started listening to it. And every single damn Let song. Let me get something straight. I was like, oh, I know this one. I don't give the fuck who you are. <laughs> and Out Came the Wolves is a punk fucking classic. It is. You cannot discredit that. I don't want any punk elitists coming in here and trying out- to discredit Rancid because you just can't. I don't think most people. M- most people try. want it, but. Most people don't try. Tim Armstrong has earned his keep. Yeah. But some I mean, of these hard punk, hardcore punk fans—I mean, they're you, you, very. You could argue that uh, Operation Ivy was more ska punk than it was punk, but I yeah. still think it fits more into the punk category. You've been quiet. I'll Definitely. Text Caleb to see if he's got wisdom for me. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> we don't text him. We just call well, him on the spot. 
Well, I was. I didn't want to just start talking. We just surprised. <laughs> no, 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 we, we'll just we'll, we we just surprise him. Hi, Caleb. How are you? So, <laughs> I have a question for you, Bill. I mean, oh, Antonio. Antonio. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, got to get in character here. What was your main punk influence, Mick. if you had any? Mick. Mick. Yeah, for sure. Because I I had no experience with punk. For everyone at home, explain who Mick Mucus. Yeah, Mick, explain. Mick Mucus. Yes. Um, <laughs> He's uh, he's just an amazing punk uh, legend out in Davis, California. He's he's had his bands out in San Francisco for probably thirty years. Uh, wow, twenty years on KDBS radio station in, in Davis, and I moved into his house with absolutely no experience with punk at all. <laughs> <laughs> and he the requirements he said when I moved in was I, he comes home every night at two o'clock in the morning and he beats on the drums for 10 minutes and if I can handle that I can move in and I was like <laughs> shit I can handle that and he did every night he'd come home and just beat the hell out of the drums for like <laughs> 10 minutes but I'd go sounds like a great <laughs> house <laughs> oh it was great it was the charred dog house it's on it's on wiki there um but I went over to the drum set in the middle of the room and it had a big crack right through the cymbals and I hit it and I looked at him and I said, dude, this sounds like a garbage can lid. And he goes, yeah, isn't it great? <laughs> isn't that cool? <laughs> and, and I literally went, well, I, I had an epiphany at that yeah. moment. I was like, I understood. I was like, oh. There, yeah, there was when Molly Nixon's, <laughs> when punk. we were recording uh, some of our demo tapes to send out to some of the local radio stations, um, you had brought in some of your recording equipment and Caleb was complaining about how good your microphones were. Yeah, he yeah. wanted a shittier <laughs> microphone. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, I could provide. You did. It sound that great when it <laughs> sounded so good. But he wanted the shittiest microphone. Well, I think to sound more punk. And it worked. It was. It beautiful. did. Yeah, yeah, it sounded great. I still have some of the, on my SoundCloud. I think that's kind of. Those of on, and that's I exactly saved on my computer. I'm just gonna say that's kind of. It is a punk thing, but at the same time. It's not a punk thing to intentionally it's, make it's it sound bad. too hard. Yeah. My thing about punk is you don't worry about trying too hard or making it sound bad on purpose. You just put out what you can with what you have. Yeah. You're not worrying about professional quality or trying to impress anybody. You're just speaking your mind. There getting are, your there are, energy um, out there, your anger. There are some artists and albums out there that I would say stylistically are not punk at all, but but they have very punk the way attitudes. the way they were made. Yeah. One of uh one that um I like um I know and a lot of punk bands and uh, more alternative rock bands quote this. I know Kurt Cobain quoted this. Mm -hmm. By the way, Kurt uh, Nirvana was a punk band. It was not a grunge band. They no. were punk. <laughs> well, grunge was just manufactured. Yeah, but um, Daniel Johnston. Daniel, Johnston. have you ever heard of Daniel Johnston? He uh, um. He came out of the eighties and the nineties. Recorded, on a cassette player in his mom's basement, type of thing. And he has a very weird kind of, I mean, proto indie, rock style. So it's not punk in its style, but it's recorded on a cassette player. The the, the, quali the sound, quality yeah. of the albums. And these are albums. I'm on my fourth beer. Nice. I'm only on my third. I got to catch up. Those are rookie numbers. <laughs> <laughs> but the quality of, I mean, his stylistically, he's not punk at all. He's more indie rock. Um, but uh, the quality of the recordings and the attitude there is, I think, punk. Yeah. 
Yeah. It so doesn't have to be punk music to be punk. You know what I mean? No, it's an attitude. Yeah. It's an attitude. It's an energy. So. I want to go around the table and. Uh, yeah, ask, what do you got for us? Ask you guys. How did you. I mean, he, Jackson already kind of asked you. How did you get into punk? Your roommate. Your roommate. Well, Nick I mean. Mucus. But are there any, any other bands that uh, stand out to you? Um, just his bands. Mostly, and you guys, Molly Nixon's for sure. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, the the bands that I've been involved with are the ones that really have memory to me. The ones that I actually like have been close to and interacted with. And did you ever did you listen to you know records as well? That no, I mean like. All? Well, I mean yeah. Yeah, yeah it's not just bands you personally okay, know. Okay, so for instance, like Mick would be preparing for his radio show and he'd be listening to all kinds of records and I'd be, you know, I'd listen to some of them and I'd go off with some of the names, but you know, nothing that I don't buy records. I don't have anything. Yeah. Like, so I, you know, it's one of those I'm exposed in the moment and then the right. moment's gone. Um but then I bump into someone else like Bill, do you want some whiskey? I would take a whiskey. I would like some whiskey as well, my friend. So <laughs> And then Caleb. Of course, I have, Caleb, I have a hidden bottle. Let that Caleb was very rain. much like Nick in that, like being able to say, hey, this is this. Slain this Irish whiskey. This. Pretty good for the price. What about you, Jackson? What My you first say? introductions to punk. Okay. When I was really little, <laughs> my dad. <laughs> I was just laughing at Bill's reaction to <laughs> taking the whiskey. You. But he listened. Ugh. Well, it's funny because he had, and I, it's good because I was exposed to a lot of different types of music. Mm -hmm. Sometime one day he'd be listening to Stevie Ray, Ray Vaughan, watching his Austin uh, City Limits performance. I watched stuff those like when that. I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. But every so once in a while he would have a different mood or something, or be angry. I don't know. <laughs> and he'd be playing Rancid or Green Day or. Nice. Sublime. Um, and my mom, she loves Sublime. That's like her favorite. Um, my uncle, he he's so, always tried to get so me into more underground. Your punk your bands. introduction was kind of that nineties punk, Green Day, and Rancid, punk, and that type of style. It's yeah. still my favorite. Yeah, honestly. Um, I mean, it's honestly same too as what I was listening to the other night at work. I put on No Effects Radio. It's what I go to. Nineties Goldfinger. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, Here I am. Everything I can. can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Superman. I love that. I love that. Tony Hawk. Did you see they streamed I mean, it? They did really? a recent stream. They're like all in their 50s now or whatever. Oh, I gotta and watch they, that. It's pretty good, though. Um, they had to change the key for the vocalist. But, um, but yeah, my dad, my mom or dad, they both weren't, and they're probably going to hate me for saying this, they weren't really into like super obscure stuff. <laughs> my uncle was he and he still sends me recommendations <laughs> to this day but um but what they did do they weren't list well they did like blink 182 some and there is things to be said about them um good and bad i don't dislike but, them but that's as far as i'll go um <laughs> it was green day it was I don't weezer like him either. weezer wow wow they're not drummer. either punk. They're not punk or drummer. anything. Weezer definitely has punk influence. Early oh, Weezer, yeah. they're like nerd punk. Yeah, you can definitely <laughs> throw in bands um, that like clearly 
kind of they're not quite punk, but you can kind of they're on the outskirts there a little bit. Is Weezer teenage dirtbag? Weezer? Is that Weezer? No. He sings that one. Say it ain't so. It's hash pipe stuff like that. Okay. <laughs> hip hip. Um, yeah. My name <laughs> is Jonas. That's a classic. Um, and I will say, and I want to save this for when we do an album review or something. But um, Weezer's newest album came out of nowhere. It's really good. It is really good. <laughs> yeah. And it's basically Rivers Cuomo singing to an orchestra the whole time. Yeah, it's great. And so they were they were supposed to release their Van Halen like tribute album. Or something. But they were supposed to rev- Yeah. No, but uh on, Weezer um Cool, cool. Weezer, I didn't, uh, I didn't listen to Weezer until I started. I mean, I, I had listened to a little bit of their stuff, but I didn't right. really listen to them until I, start, until I started hanging out with you. And you can hear their punk influence. And when I did start listening to them, I was like, I've been missing out on this. Yeah, like holy shit, these guys are great. But yeah, their newest album is amazing. It's like all an or he's singing to an orchestra, I, basically. I gotta ask though, what's your opinion of like Green Day and pop punk? Green Day wasn't always pop punk. That's what people often forget about. Um, <laughs> they were very much skater punk. Yeah, they, um, they were coming out of the same genre that had no effects in Pennywise. They even had some ska influence, some reggae influence. But Green Day, for me, it's Dookie, it's Nimrod. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't think American Idiot is like the worst album ever. When As some people say it Here's is. something. Um, <laughs> Green Day didn't... It's just American Idiot makes me sad because it was the mark of their downfall. It, with was, the, Amer- okay. it was the start. With American Idiot, I will defend it just a little bit. It's definitely not punk. No, no. It has punk influence, but it's overshadowed by commercialism and and rock opera. But the thing with American Idiot, Green Day was getting stale. Mm-hmm. They had to do something different, and you know, and have, from a business listen, perspective, have you listened to their newest album? I haven't listened to Green Day since Uno Dos Tres. Their newest album that came out—I don't remember when—within the last year or two. But Tom um, Armstrong, it's, awful. it's <laughs> really, really bad. But honestly, I—I I don't disrespect Billy Joe Armstrong. But it's pop music. It is pop, but I kind of respect him. For doing what he wants to do. But at the same time... And I if have, he wants to make pop music... In know. their defense, <laughs> it does make him a lot of money. But also in their defense, I have heard they are now out of this contract. They were in this contract for a while. So their last yeah. album, there's a theory that they intentionally, yeah. they intentionally made their last album very short and dumb. Just to get just to done get with that done. contract. Yeah. And, yeah. like, their next album might be a little bit more serious and reflective. Sa- I've heard that, yeah. Saved all the good songs for another album. Um, but they were definitely punk rock in their heyday. They started that way. They just – they wanted money, <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they knew how to make money. Well, you got to feed yourself. Uh, Tom Armstrong was the only one that hanged with Billy Joe Armstrong, funny enough. Yeah, um, Tim, Tim Armstrong. Is yeah, a- Tim Armstrong, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's cool of him too. He's he's one of the only like 
really like respected punk rockers that and have, you know like, what's funny stuck with Billy Joe been like yo you're a cool dude. Green I, I Day still started hang with losing you. their punk support and status right around the Warning album, and I think that's one of their better albums actually. Oh, hold on. Hello. Punk rock barbecue. Punk rock barbecue. We got we got <laughs> on the phone here, uh, Caleb. Of the Molly Nixons. Of the Molly Nixons. Yeah. Yes. Cheese. Mm-hmm. Formerly, yeah. He's on a new project now. Also known as Cheese. Cheese. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Unassociated. <laughs> How's it going, man? It's going good. So you're talking about punk rock barbecue, huh? That in Green Day. We were Day. earlier, yes. That in Green Day. <laughs> okay. Well, have you guys listened to the barbecue chickens? We have not. Well, you should. It's a hardcore punk band from the- Japan. From Japan. Uh, the barbecue chickens. Standard. Japanese uh, punk is awesome. Yeah. It's and fucking Yoshiyama awesome. Has a band called Barbecue Chickens. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's my input. I, I would eat I would eat that. I, I'd go <laughs> barbecue that. chicken, I'd yeah. Chew on that, yeah. <laughs> oh, um since we're talking about mentioning Japanese punk, I have to mention it. Caleb, I know you know this. Uh P Lander Z. Yes. <laughs> Are you guys familiar with that? No. Well, there's uh, red, yellow, purple. Uh, P-Lander Red is the guitarist. I want to say, I think he's left the band now. Yeah, he did. P-Lander Yellow is uh, is their like, front man. Uh, purple was their bass player. I can't remember all those the people, but yeah, it's a... It's, um, there's pink, too. Yeah, they're pink too. Yeah, they're a uh, a band from New York, um, or at least that's kind of their their hole, you know, that they play in. Their base, all right. But they're known for wild shows. There's definitely there's a great free documentary on them, uh, and you should definitely check it out. It's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> and it's free, you said. It is free. I think you can just look up P Lander Z on YouTube, and it's there. But I also I believe that it was on Netflix for a while. I, I think, don't know why I'm thinking that, but I believe it was, and I think it was a weird thing for Netflix to have. I think Netflix is where I watched it. So Netflix cares about P Lander Z, which is awesome. Well, yeah, we'll let you they're guys really, know. They're really actually that. not very good, <laughs> but they are just look up videos <laughs> of them playing the live. Theatrical. You know? yeah. Well, then they're good. Yeah, they they do well, stuff it takes like a lot to do like that, bowling so. with. The like using props and having a mascot that they do audience bowling and stuff like that with like people. So they're entertainers. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but let's clarify, they're not good by Earth's standards. <laughs> yeah, right. they're, from, <laughs> they're from another planet. That's they good. are from Planet P Lander. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're great. Yeah. Wow. What else? What else do you want? Yeah, what else is on I, your list? I go back to my He's only got five minutes. What was your f- first punk experience? My first punk experience? Yeah. Ooh. What introduced you to punk? What introduced me to punk? Or let's rephrase that, because I know you've been doing that since you were three years old. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is, looking back on your childhood, your most influential punk experience yeah okay, yeah yeah oh that's 
that's really tough. Good. Um, Top three. <laughs> Let's make it easy. Yeah. I guess just local bands, um, among other groups that you know kind of see as a kid. But uh, I think my first experience was ABBA. Oh. Or maybe Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> <laughs> and that they weirdly have punk influence, though. That's the thing. They <laughs> are like, disco. Punk. They like are punk. <laughs> no, the very first time. You can't tell me disco's not rebellious. The very first time, <laughs> um, I I figured out that punk was a thing. So let's let's clarify. I had listened to it before, but I don't think I quite understand what genre it was because never recognized it. Station uh, in Denver. Um, one of six seven and they played basically new metal and they kind of played some like punk stuff too every so often <laughs> you know so among all the garbage you had some good um that was the era garb. what an era <laughs> <laughs> um but the floyd's barbershop had a ramones poster on the wall so there was that you know and then oh. after that the descendants oh. happened oh yes yeah <laughs> And then maybe like bands like Grinspoon and a couple others like that. Um, and then you know what? I have to credit. And this is horrible. Uh, <laughs> iHeart Radio. Who? iHeart Radio. iHeart Radio. You know, because we're we're late to the we're late to the scene. Let's be honest with ourselves, right? Yeah. We're all youngins. millennials or we're whatever. All we, you know, uh, part of the the. Like mid Except for our friend Antonio here, who I, is I don't even know what like I heard still somehow is. late to the scene. I'm waiting at the finish line. Come on, guys, we'll hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I heard radio. You could put, you know, a band on, and it just kind of bounced around to different, you know, artists who. You'd have like, uh, let's say, like No Effects Radio, and from there you get a slew of skate punk. I, w- I have a shameless plug. Okay. Autron <laughs> Podcast is on iHeartRadio. Check it out. Dun, dun, dun. It's I, there. I was listening to <laughs> No Effects Radio the other day on Pandora, and that's a great station. It plays uh, uh, Pennywise, uh, Bouncing Souls. Wow, what was All that? Those guys. Yeah. Um, but I it I have noticed you like you like or thumbs up one fucking Floggy Molly song and it turns into a Floggy Molly radio station. <laughs> Which isn't yeah, a bad it'll thing. Ruin it. It'll ruin it real quick. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> I wouldn't say that's a bad thing, though. Not bad at all, but it's no longer a no-effects station. <laughs> no, it's an Irish station. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta listen to it long enough for it to, like, diverge into, like, the weird underground scene so you can sound super cool. Like, I listened long enough to discover uh, Texas pool thieves. Who you are know? they? <laughs> yeah, who are they? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's how you, that's how you get cool, guys. You, you listen long enough to discover some underground song, and you're like, "This is kind of catchy. I'm gonna screenshot this and then tell my friends about it." And pretend like I've been listening to them for years, and they just were sleeping on it when I discovered them on the radio shuffle, you know, yesterday. No, no, that's three. that's how you you become cool. I become cool by keeping you handy. <laughs> oh man! Well, I mean, all right, all right. That's, so that's about all I have. we have another question for yeah, you. Yeah, or at least I do. What is your favorite ska beer? 
okay. my favorite Scott. I think we know. I know it. I know it. Our listeners want to know. Do Do you know my favorite Scott beer? I think so. I have a guess. Yeah, I have a guess too. All right. Modus. Should I Should I hear your guesses first, or should I just say it? Uh, oh, I want to hear the guesses. Yeah. Uh, is it Pinstripe? Ooh. Okay, go on. Who's next? Modus Mandarina. All right. Ruby <laughs> Soho. <laughs> I have to. I, I have to tell you, though those are in my my top the top echelon, very top tier, top five. I would probably have to say. Don't say fucking Hopperandi. <laughs> Wait, you say Modus Hopperandi? <laughs> no. I what is it? Say Nut Brown. Oh, oh, yeah. oh right, because you yeah. had the nut brown wallet before you got the the, yeah. the pinstripe wallet. Yep, it's just a it's just a deliciously smooth, easy drinker, and you can pound it, and it gets you wasted. And I've got I've got one more question before we let you go. <laughs> what is the ultimate punk rock barbecue beer? Mm. Oh. I mean, I have an answer for this. I have a few answers. It's, it's debatable. It depends on the uh, region. Jaeger? Wait, that's not beer. No, but I think that's an acceptable <laughs> answer. Yeah, no, I, I go with that one. I would say maybe like PBR. I think Pabst is a Same, yeah. yeah. Pabst Blue Ribbon, man. Well, well let's, let's talk about this. There's differences really quick. So let's, let's. All right. Really quick before I get too far in. Are we talking about like crusty punks or are we talking about craft beer punks? Uh, Not craft beer punks. Crust. Crust, yeah. Yeah. PBR, Rainier, whatever's cheapest. Yeah. Coors. Whatever they can afford. Yeah. But not Coors Banquet. That's too sophisticated. Oh, yeah. No, no. No. It's Coors Light or some shit. It's too bougie. Bush. <laughs> Bush. Oh, no. You said it wrong, Bill. Caleb? Bush. <laughs> 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 Milwaukee's best. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Uh, old Milwaukee. Oh God. Milwaukee. Jesus Christ. If you really had her way, Christ really on the cross. Way, though, that's a horrible beer. The real punk rock beer would be Mississippi Mud. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've had the worst hangover on that, so there you go. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And nothing's more punk rock than a hangover. <laughs> um. Bottle of Mississippi Mud and a and uh, whatever the cheapest Kentucky straight is. <laughs> So I know you do, yeah. but do you have an Instagram you want to share or anything like that? No. Any, okay. I don't want these people knowing me. <laughs> He's too punk for that. Oh, yeah. I'm too, I'm too elite. Can you please give us your personal What's going on with your life? You can follow, the punk, you can follow Molly Nixon's on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to bring him back to life. We're going to bring him back to life. Yeah. Somehow still alive. What am I up to? Absolutely nothing. Um, not having a job. That is so punk rock, dude. That, that is, is so, so punk, punk rock, rock of you, too. <laughs> but uh, desperately in search of one. So if anyone has uh, anything, fucking to offer, COVID has been. Yeah, if you're in the Denver area and have a job opening, let us know. <laughs> yeah, are, in are, the Denver area. Are you in California or Denver yet? What's where's your? Where I am you? now in Denver. You have Denver. officially moved. Okay. California was was too was too cool for me. 
<laughs> too cool for school, man. No, well, I think you're just too big a fish well, for that Well, it's the difference between California punks and Devon punks. Den- <laughs> California punks are your, your classic skate punks. And then Denver punks... Oh, they're punks, too high class. They drink wine. Denver punks are Sesame Street. Yes, Sesame Street punks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I do that. That's good. It was really, you know... I had to get out because I gained like 30 pounds at a certain, you know, fast food joint uh-huh. that we're not sponsored by. No. <laughs> Does it involve Are hamburgers? Are you in and out? In yes. And out. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> um, just to our listeners, what do you think of in and out Let us know. Is it overrated? Is it worth it? I'll you keep know. my opinions to myself. <laughs> yeah, you're biased. They it's do have good overrated, things. but it's still better than Whataburger, and I won't hear anything else. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Those animal fries, man. Texas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then you're close enough. We should like totally bring the band down and crash at your place, yeah? <laughs> I don't think I have a big enough place, but have we you can g- definitely do uh, shows up here. I can uh, get you guys hooked up at the summit. Have you got a parking lot? My old neighborhood. I know all the people. Hell yeah. <laughs> we sleep out by the garbage can in the alley. It's okay. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're, we're punk. Porch. We're punk all the way. As long, as, <laughs> as long as we got a place to go use the bathroom. That's right. Nah, we're in the alley, dude. We can just use it there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. I'm out of here. All Have right, fun, guys. Caleb. Thanks for calling in, Caleb. <laughs> yeah, nice having you on here, man. And remember, we're all posers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> he hated him. They hated him because he told the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank thanks for calling in. Okay. Well, that was um. That was that was Caleb. Yeah, I don't know if you heard it well or anything, but that was our old buddy Caleb, also known as Cheese. Yeah. Um, we've roommate, roommated with him for a long time, and he's a good friend, and yeah. he's always got something interesting to say. Uh, <laughs> to say the least. Um. This is a great episode so far. We're having a good I'm time. I'm having fun. We have people I'm eating here. chips. Um, I'm going to drink another beer. We, we didn't mention it earlier when we went over our drinks, but we also have some whiskey here. <laughs> yeah, we do. Mm. How would it be slain? A good episode without whiskey. Irish whiskey. Um, Pretty good for the price. I have a quiz that we can do later. Ooh, I love quizzes. <laughs> it's very political. Because it's punk. Yeah. <laughs> but I have a band and an album that I do want to talk about that isn't considered to be ska or anything like that. But they have a lot of ska and reggae, reggae influence. Oh, well, let me guess. They have punk and metal influence. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to guess. It's an, Their name is... Is it a specific album? I do have an album I do want to talk about. Yes. Okay, I'm going to guess. Is it Rush? No. <laughs> okay. Although, <laughs> they do have reggae-like songs, which is cool. I like that reggae version of Working Man that they do. Yeah, That's they really do cool that live shit. sometimes. Yeah, it's really cool. But a band I want to talk about that definitely has some like ska songs and definitely has a lot of reggae songs, but they fuse it with metal. They fuse it with punk. I want to talk about 311. Okay. 311, it's a classic band. They've been around since 93, late 80s, actually, really. They're still around. Um, I don't listen to them. 
They are great. I've heard them. They are really I, good. I do think they're good. I do, but I don't. You need to, to listen them. to them more. Yeah. Um, an album that I think perfectly merges ska, reggae, and metal is the Blue Album by Three Eleven. It's got songs like Down on it. It's got songs like Hive. I think the concept of merging reggae and metal is such a cool concept. They work it out. I'm serious. <laughs> you hear reggae and punk and reggae um, and other genres, but reggae and metal. A lot metal, of popular um, cool. 311 songs is um, Beautiful Disaster. That's one of their big ones. Um, Amber. Um, yeah. Their cover of um love song by... um. Who did that originally? I know the song you're talking about, but I don't know who did it. <laughs> I don't have the answer. <laughs> who did Love Song, Bill? I mean, Antonio? The Cure. The Cure. It's James called Love Song. James Taylor? <laughs> no matter how far away are you. And it's a ska the song. Cure. They turned it into ska. Mm. And... Well, they don't really fit into any of those definitions of punk or ska. They definitely have the influence, and they're definitely a band you should check out because they have a lot of great definitely. fusion. And um, if you haven't – see, I used to only hear their mainstream songs. Those are the Down, Those are the ones I've disaster. mostly heard. They're good songs. Yeah. They're still good songs. But I got so tired of them, and – it was at a point in my day and age where I was more into Alice in Chains and Metallica and not happy stuff. Yeah. Well, I started <laughs> getting more into happy stuff and Skull happened. Um, but what I love about Skull and bands like that, like they can, it can sound happy, right? I discovered Skull and I discovered my happiness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, That's, I'm serious. Well, you see, you know, and I'm not joking. I used to Before, listen to bands just because they were dark. And you know, you know how some, you know how sometimes, and I remember cool. this. I remember this kind of vividly. You know, because it was it coincided with uh, some of the trips that we went to California with. Yeah. Um, I w you know how sometimes you go through a phase where you listen to a lot of one band. Yeah. I went through a mighty mighty Boston's phase <laughs> about when we were going to California, and you know the phase I was going through right before that. What's that? Was Towns Van Zant <laughs> <laughs> waiting around to die? See if you guys songs like that. <laughs> if you guys heard our um, influential, yeah. If you heard our influential album episode, you know I'm a big Alice in Chains guy. Yeah. I went through this whole phase where if it wasn't dark and like heavy, I didn't like it. I didn't want to pay attention to it. But then I matured, and I still like dark, heavy stuff. But I really appreciate ska and punk I, especially punk that's I just light-hearted and similar like, thing not like dark and heavy was my thing but like where i went through a phase when i was in early high school maybe where i was like really into like i wanted mature music right and yeah I, and i i broke that phase and started being less judgmental and just started enjoying the music and you know the band that i got into that was my like i i would no doubt I would recognize as the band that made me. They're not punk, okay. That made me, like, who you are? uh, not whom I am, but like, br like I recognize as the band that broke that phase of like, I'm too worried about me being serious, right? Of Foo Fighters, 
<laughs> I went. I went through a heavy Foo Fighters. Phase. Well, Foo Fighters, they're interesting because they do an interesting mix of serious and heavy stuff with lighthearted parodies. Yeah, they're still fun. Yeah, they're fun. They're they can be serious in their themes and stuff like that, and but like their music videos are always funny. But they're still they're, a fun band. Like that music video they had Lemmy on it. Yeah, from Motorhead. Yeah. That's hilarious. Like, they pick a bunch of people up, and Lemmy's driving the limo, and, like, he That's crashes great. off a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> Foo Fighters has oh, – even their more serious songs, you still get the, the general – White ener- limo. You still get the general energy from them that they are having fun. Have you heard their new album, Medicine at Midnight? Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, it's not my favorite. Here's what I think of it. It's not my favorite, but – They're trying to be different but stay the same at the same time. Yeah. They're trying to expand but relate to older fans. Yeah, there's some good tracks in there, and I would say as an album in total, it's good. Yeah, it's, but it's not one of their best. Yeah, the one before that, what was it called? Um, Even Sonic Highways. Sonic Highways. Sonic Highways, I thought was like a solid um, album. I was wasting solid. light even better. Wasting light was good. Yeah. Um, um. but yeah, the Foo Fighters in, <laughs> are interesting because they came from that whole era of Dave Grohl. Kurt Cobain died. Dave Grohl was depressed, and he started making music again in his basement. He came from that era and where a lot of bands like Nirvana were being, were trying to be punk, but then everyone else labeled them not as but punk. The, well, the and thing then Dave Grohl, I just feel like, kind of just accepted what people labeled him as, and but also did his own thing too. Well, Kurt Cobain actually liked a few of Dave Grohl's songs. He wanted to yeah. include them, but yeah. then he died. But um. It wasn't about being punk or not punk. It was about playing what he was exposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dave Grohl's first band was The Germs. Oh, really? Aren't either The Germs or Scream? If you um, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he was in Scream, but he was in a hardcore punk band. I didn't know he was in and The Germs. Pat Smear, who joined Nirvana, was yeah. in The Germs. I didn't know they were in The Germs. Yeah. I don't he let, played with Joe I don't, Jett. I don't really listen to the Germs much, but but if you listen to I, Nirvana, they were basically alternative punk. Yeah, especially their early like Bleach. What I love about Bleach, it's sludgy. Yeah, you know, it's sludgy heavy stuff. It's got that punk attitude, but it's got more of a metal background to it. Yeah, but not enough where it becomes too technical. Like it's still raw and like abrasive yeah um i don't i don't want to get too hung up on nirvana right now no but what i want to say is <laughs> that nirvana meant to be a punk band they did mean they to just be. get classified as grunge yeah. yeah some grunge bands you can very fairly classify as grunge yeah no matter what you think of the terminology of grunge we're not gonna get right. into that <laughs> it's so vague um nirvana though was trying to be punk and i think they succeeded they just weren't taken that way right um you know one band that never gets classified in the punk genre that i think are absolutely punk what's that um not necessarily just because of their music but because of the influence that they had on punk in general was the violent femmes yeah i think they were absolutely punk definitely they and it's Partly because of, I mean, their songs were kind of uh, folk. They were the proto folk funk with some other artists uh, that 
there's a lot, lot of those proto folk punk artists are nowadays kind of just classified as being folk. Like a, a big one was Billy Bragg. Ooh, that was a big thump. Big sorry, thump. but it was I just worth, downed it, was some worth it because it was a big bottle of whiskey. So, um, no, but the Violent Femmes. Yeah, there's a whole group of artists from like the 70s and the 80s into the early 90s that were really more folk right and they're not really considered punk nowadays genre wise but they were definitely influential into punk and folk punk and those genres violent femmes um are super influential uh patrick you want to make another trade you guys have a yeah you want another ruby soho for a guinness yeah I'll t- oh, i will definitely take that trade you, you haven't know. mentioned agent orange Oh, we'll get there. Well, Agent Orange is more metal, but no, I wouldn't call them punk. metal at all. They're Agent Orange is pretty quintessential punk. Unless I'm thinking of a different. No, I'm thinking of Sodom. Yeah, they have a song called Agent Orange. <laughs> yeah, Agent Orange <laughs> no, is pretty yeah. quintessential like punk. They Mo- do have heavier Molly influences. Nixon, Molly Nixon's were in talks for opening for them once. Um, they do have heavier influences. Oh, that, they Agent Orange is heavy. Punk. It's very fucking heavy. But they are punk. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I was thinking of Sodom. But I'm you got sorry. some of these older, uh, these folk guys. That what about Anthrax? No. They kind of had punk vibes, They though. have punk vibes. I know Caleb would agree with me. They had some punk vibes, but I think they've diverged. Like um, the song, it's on one of their first albums, Cotton Amash. Mm. It's very fucking punk rock. It's just to the extreme. Well, you know, there's there's a um. Well, first of all, I'll, I'll just quickly finish my point from before. There are bands like Violent Femmes, The Pogues, who influenced Irish punk, and Billy Bragg. Well, you're talking about more folk. And exactly, but they influenced punk, but they were not punk in their day. Exactly, yeah. But they influenced. So I wanted to mention them. But the you know Billy Bragg, Patrick Fitzgerald, The Violent Femmes, The Pogues, they influenced them, but. Since we're on punk metal. Well, we'll have there. to do a metal episode I, at some point. I want to mention a band that I think is... Because Anthrax and Suicidal Tendencies. Un, un, okay, I was about to say unpopular opinion. Suicidal Tendencies isn't punk anymore. Not anymore, but they they're started punk. They're, punk. they're metal now. They started punk, yeah. and they transcended to metal. Yeah, I was going to say unpopular opinion. I don't think they're punk anymore. Not in a bad way. They kept a lot of the not, punk. Not in, not, not in the way that like well, Gri- Green Day's Tendencies, not punk anymore because they sold out. You know no. why I love Suicidal They've Tendencies? They've evolved. You know why I love them so much? Why? Because they kept a lot of the punk rhythms and attitude. They just added fucking solos to it. Yeah, Heavy I know. Heavy metal I dig solos. It. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, their new stuff, I su- I really I really like actually. Um, I love the suicide. I wouldn't, ca- I wouldn't call them their newer stuffs really that in line with punk. No, they're more in line with metal. Yeah, but their early stuff is quintessential. Institutionalized. Punk. Everyone should know that. Yeah. All I wanted was a Pepsi. She wouldn't have given it to me. <laughs> you know. That's it. I still have saved on my Snapchat like a video of you playing that guitar and Caleb. Yes, that. I still have that. Fucking saying. awesome! I'll pull that up after we finish recording and show you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, I haven't heard the Dead Kennedys in forever. The oh, Dead Kennedys. The dead oh Kennedys. It's a oh. holiday in Cambodia. <laughs> the Dead Kennedys are, I would consider, the first pop punk band. Classic. They were kind of pop punk. 
Jello not because they sucked or like because they had it was no. Just, it was and they were so popular. It was yeah and yeah. That's it. I mean, you know, you know the most punk. I I collect vinyl records. The most punk record I have, and this is considering I have a original pressing of Stiff Little Fingers, um, singles. I have a Jello Biafra spoken word, forty five. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, it is the weirdest shit, <laughs> but it's awesome. I love Jello Biafra. So I talked about Goldfinger earlier. Yes, we love them. You can't not classic '90s. Anyone who listens to Goldfinger, and it's okay if you're like, "Oh, they're not my thing," but if you listen to them and 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 won't admit that it's at least enjoyable to a little bit because it's just so happy, and yeah. Well, then the like, band something's wrong with you. So there's a band that had very happy sounds, but the lyrics were not about happy things. I love when bands do that. Um, Operation Ivy, for instance. Yeah. Their first album is considered one of the quintessential ska albums. Yeah. Op Ivy is um, ska fans. Every time some some jackass makes up a rumor about Op Ivy uh, reunion tour online, all the ska fans just like freak out (laughs) (laughs) it's a tease just a tease (laughs) so what was your so colton what was your first band that really got you into punk black flag black flag Uh, yeah uh so me i'm I'm gonna let me let me explain a little bit more yeah real quick black flag it wasn't until a little bit later that i realized what i was listening to um, but my dad grew up in, uh, Palos Verdes in the seventies. That's where Black Flag is from. Okay. Black oh, Flag okay. was his local band. And they started getting records in the early eighties. Yeah. Black Flag was the lo- He knew about Black Flag before they had a record out. Yeah. Um, so of course he listened to them when I was a little kid. Um, and I remember... I my earliest memory of a punk song that I can look back on now and say that was a a song I remember as punk was TV Party by Black Flag. See, um, and it wasn't until a little bit later that I li- went back and listened to Black Flag and realized I knew all these fucking songs, and it was just because my dad played them when I was when I was in the car with him. He had a CD and everything. Um, but Black Flag, I would say, is my earliest recognizable um punk band <coughs> that I listened to. See my uncle. Okay. I wouldn't call my most influential, but it's the so earliest. for me it was obviously Green Day Rancid and then my uncle who always tried to get me into cool stuff, twenty four. Yeah. <laughs> bad yeah. religion. Oh, I love bad religion. I would not have guessed bad religion as a punk, but but it yeah. What? What do you mean? Oh, no, I mean I just when I heard it on the radio, Bad Religion's like the most the punk. Time, they well, I okay. So I, I will say, you guys bad, educated me. Bad Religion sure. is what you call melodic punk. Oh yeah, it's the me- melody that screws with me. And a lot of stereotypical early, punk is not melodic. But that early eighties exactly. punk. But another another band that I was exposed to really young that is also kind of melodic and does play with that sort of uh, musical ideas more um, is X. Okay. Los Angeles. Yeah. 
Yes. They they play with musical ideas and melodies a lot more than your traditional stereotypical punk bands. So I could see how if you're not familiar with punk, you might confuse Black Flag or but X I, as just hard rock. Right. Right. Well, punk, rock, all that stuff, it's all under one big umbrella. Yeah. Lines are blurry. I mean, for it's me, all, rock all, is just rock. It's all under yeah. sex, drugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, but like the bands that I was re- that really influenced <laughs> me and like got me into punk yeah. in the first What's place. What's your most influential band, punk bands? Yeah. Green Day, Sublime, Rancid. It's solid, Seriously, it's a solid trio. And <laughs> shut up. Green Day was a good punk band. Dude, Dookie, and they Dookie, be, Dookie is one of my favorite punk albums. It's period. fucking awesome. I mean, and yeah, it's more poppy and stereotypical than other punk listen albums. Listen to Nimrod. But when... Listen to A Thousand Light Years Away. When any song from fucking Dookie comes on the radio, you're like, fuck yeah. The bass lines, the yeah. guitar, it's the good. lyrics. It's good. It's good. Green Day was just a punk band that decided to stop being a punk band. They wanted money, and I understand that. I want money too. Who doesn't? <laughs> I like them. I still respect Green Day. You cannot, even with American Idiot, 21st Century Breakdown, all that stuff, I still respect them because they were one of the like late 80s, early 90s punk bands that made it. And Whatever you think about them, if you think they're not punk anymore, that's valid. But they did bring punk to the forefront. They did. Yeah. They're like you cannot discredit that. Whether you think they sold out or not, whether you think they're whether you think they're punk or not, you can't deny that they were influential. They helped bring they punk were to mainstream media. Important. We wouldn't be talking about punk how we are right now if it wasn't for Green Day, Rancid. Weezer, even well, you always need those social people. distortion. You, you always know. need those people willing These to big cross bands. over just for the exposure for them. And to be social able to distortion. Share. Mm-hmm. They're one of my main influential punk bands. They're great, and I a lot call of them, people. I wouldn't call them influential to me, but I I love them. Oh, how can you not love them? Yeah, like <laughs> Ball, and um, Ch- Ball and Chain is one of my favorite. It's punk a songs. classic. Ah, oh, I just. And, the other night when I was at work, I was playing on this on this on the stereo during the hockey games. Um, I work in an ice rink, and uh, ball and chain came on, and I'm walking around cleaning and mopping yeah, and stuff, and, and I couldn't help just start singing along. I was like, "This is fucking awesome!" I, love I this. cannot. Okay, just because something is good and popular doesn't mean doesn't it's mean it's bad. Bad. Yeah. So whenever I'm gonna think, say, I'm gonna say right okay, now. There's hard, say, wait, wait. There's hardcore punks that think, um, and out came the wolves and Dookie, and like, um, Goldfinger's Hang Me Up or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. It's not legit punk, but it okay. is. And out come the wolves is one of the best albums of all time, not just punk albums. But I've met people out there that say it's overrated, it's, just because it's. Popular. I think it's one of the best albums of all time. And I'm gonna say this, not punk, but it's to prove your point. It's reggae. It's to prove your to prove your point of popular does not mean bad. I adore Jack Johnson. Yeah. 
every time he's on the radio. I turn up the volume. I love it. He's extremely popular. Yeah. But he is good. And that's not punk at all. But just to prove your point. Um, and Out Come the Wolves, though. It's a popular album. And Dookie. And Dookie. They're both popular albums, but they're both really good. And Out Come the Wolves is not just one of the best punk albums of all time. I th- I would rank it in my top ten albums, albums. of all time. Yeah. Period. Here's and, the thing. And I'm, think, and I'm not thinking just albums I love. I'm thinking albums, you know, from start to finish, how well they are edited, how well they are produced. How all the songs how connect they with like, each other. Like, like one example of that, which is not an album I love, but I do think it's one of the best made albums of all time, is Stadium Arcadian by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. Hell I don't, yeah. I do not love that album, but I think it it's is objective. so well put together. It is really well done. Yeah, I was really hoping you'd bring up Red Hot Chili Peppers. Just, yeah, just, just so Caleb would have. Well, a hard the Re- okay, <laughs> Caleb will agree with me though. No, he yeah. will. Caleb, Caleb he hates Anthony Kiedis. I know. I know. He loves. <laughs> he he likes the re- the rest of the Chili right. Peppers though. Here's my thing about the Chili and Peppers, and I kind of generally agree with. Yeah. Caleb Here's, okay, wait, 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 guys. Here's my thing about the Chili Peppers. They basically evolved punk and folk. I mean, funk, funk. not funk. folk. Yeah, they're not folk. That's about the funk. bunny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they mixed punk and f- funk, and they created a new genre, basically, and they proved that you don't have to be stuck in one space. I've that I've always really liked the Chili Peppers because I think the best whatever bands. every single album the Chili Peppers comes out with I listen to, and it's not because I love them to a core; it's because they always fucking jam. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, that's the jamming. I seriously think the best bands, they use a past genre, but fuse it with something else. Yeah. The Chili Peppers do that great. They're really good at that. Yeah. Yeah. Like surf punk. Surf punk. Ah. Uh, surf. Ah. Uh. <laughs> uh, social distortion. They're we're talking about so punk. We were talking about that earlier. They started as punk. They started fusing metal type stuff into them. And it turned out well, good. Well, social distortion wasn't really metal influence, but suicidal tendencies definitely were. I think social distortion has. They a, had that, but influence, yeah, suicidal but tendencies too. They they basically became a metal band with punk attitude. Yeah, but they and they fused it and, and they did it well. Yeah, and I saw them live. It was fucking badass. Sounds awesome. <laughs> you know, you know one band who it's a metal band who. I'm not a big fan of, not because I don't think they're good, because I don't think they have evolved. Megadeth. At all. I don't listen Mastodon. to Mastodon. Um, Metallica. Okay, let me get something out. Metallica. <laughs> From 83 <laughs> to 86. I started something. <laughs> no, I, I have to keep going. No, no, keep going. Keep going. Okay. Yeah, I knew this I, would I, happen. Metallica! Wait, wait, I want this. I want it. Give it to me. Give it you to motherfuckers. me. motherfuckers. No, no, I knew this happened. Oh. Shut the, the fuck up. up. No, shut up. St- stop <laughs> Let me screaming. Explain. And keep going. Let me explain. Metallica <laughs> was a punk band. Okay? Seek and Destroy was a punk album. I won't they, I won't argue with that either. They decided to make it a little bit more sophisticated. They included more solos, more different rhythm sections. It's exactly what suicidal tendencies started doing. They but suicidal they started, tendencies, they were layering. No, 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 no. Hold on. Wait, hold on. And, and they wait. Made, made, no, no, no. 
what I mean is it started <laughs> punk and they started layering influences. But here's the thing with Suicide's Lindsay's. They kept that punk influence. Well, I think the real defining... Metallica! And it's okay that Metallica didn't. They lost that punk influence. And that's okay. But, but the, because they but went the, so technical to but, the point where they lost that aggression. They lost that soulfulness, that, the heart. But technically, punk. they didn't leave the true punk until they started writing songs that until went longer than two minutes. Well, yeah, because it sucked. But <laughs> I'm not going to even comment on that. <laughs> Let's go to an album. Let's go to Ride of Lightning. It was fast. It was aggressive. It love, was inherently I punk. love that album. It was inherently punk rock. Just with more and um, okay. basically with more. I, I will make a distinction solos. here. I don't disagree with you at all. I will make a distinction. What you mean by inherently punk rock is in its attitude. It's attitude, yes. I want to make a distinction for our listeners. Not its style. There is a difference between the attitude and the genre style of punk rock. Like punk rock, okay, punk rock is because it, it can be fast. Ride the lightning is genre wise not punk at all, no, but, but attitude wise, and and that's why I say I know I agree with you and I know what you mean, but I just want to make that distinction for our listeners. Here's my thing: punk rock can be fast, it can be visceral, it can be angry, mm-hmm. but ride the lightning takes that aspect, becomes technical. You take a guy who's classically trained. And play over punk rock, and chords. you make him angry. I really want to. <laughs> so do, I really want to do a Rodgers and Hammerstein. Punk we're gonna album. have to do a metal episode at some point. We really should. I would but love that. Metal, at least that's like thrash I mean, metal. I mean, fuck, I could talk for two hours on Dio alone. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, but thrash metal is punk, but more complicated, more sophisticated. Yeah, yeah, but. Punk can be just as fast and visceral without being complicated. So so you have an album like Ride of Lightning, which is very complicated. It's fast. It's hard to play, but it's aggressive. But then you have yeah. shitty albums like, like. Sick Anger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which try to do the I like I, I like how I can go like and you fill in the blank. Yeah. So Say Anger tries to be punk. Tries to be Rage Against the Machine, mm-hmm. but it doesn't keep any of the aspects of metal that you like. It doesn't do any of the the. I mean, that's that's the real punk. thing that, that so makes makes it all click. Su- wait, is the attitude, dude? Suicidal tendencies prove that punk can be com- complicated, mm-hmm. but still be punk. Yeah, because they are still, they still got yeah. that attitude. All I wanted was a Pepsi. That's it. But they have like crazy solos over it but what makes something all i wanted was a ruby soho and i traded guinness for it but what makes something punk in my opinion it doesn't worry about being complex it doesn't worry about being overloaded with by the way i like on your keychain here your little van van yeah keychain that's punk punk to me (laughs) is a statement punk is an attitude Metal can be, or at least can have punk attitudes, but expands upon that and makes it more complicated. It makes it more convoluted. I wanna, I wanna build off of punk. I wanna take it another direction, but build off of your idea that you were going off of of the attitude. I'm just and saying that's what makes it punk. Punk and metal can have similar tones. Exactly, 
and I want to build off of that, but turn it away from metal and talk about one of my favorite, I've been saving this, one of my favorite punk bands of all time, Flogging Molly. And the idea of taking punk and mixing it with something like traditional Irish folk music. Well, it's not even mixing with um, a a (laughs) traditional (laughs) Irish folk music. It's about telling a story. Yeah, but the the key thing there, I still though telling the story and all of that is great. It's it's an admiral parts of the genre. Yeah. But the reason I brought it up now is because you were talking about metal and the attitude and what you can say makes a metal song also punk. Is yeah. The attitude, and that is exactly why that's what you get from Irish punk like Foggy Molly and Dropkick Murphys. You know, you get or the Pogues. The so, Pogues, if you listen to the Pogues back to back from the Dubliners, they're really all not all that different. But the Dubliners are not punk. Here's my thing. But the Pogues are kind of punk. And it's it's, it's what you were saying, the attitude. It's the aggression and the yeah. attitude and intensity. Mm-hmm. You can have a punk song that is it's just an in, intense you, as you a can, metal you, song. You, honestly, but you can take any song, and if you have the right aggression and attitude, you can make it sound, you can make it fit into the genre. And I think the difference between metal and punk, so punk is straightforward, and it's true to the core. Most it's, of the time. <laughs> it's not dishonest. Yeah. It's honest. Uh, metal has a lot of that anger from punk, but it includes more technicality. But it, not just the technicality, but it includes more nuance. It's not as straightforward. It's not as open as punk is. Mm-hmm. Punk can relate to more people than metal does, but metal yeah. is better at, re- at relating to a specific metal, metal. point of view. Metal, I mean, like any genre of music, metal relates to a specific point of view. But that but, brings me. But it's the attractiveness of punk is so, not the genre. Antonio. Yes. What makes you like punk and ska? Something that's more subtle, more intellectual. I just like the dance to it. <laughs> I'm just like banging my head to it. You yeah. call it no, it gets I my energy. It gets. I mean, I I just gotta yeah. say to that. The drummer. I gotta say to that. You call that dancing? So here's how I explain it. Here's how I. <laughs> I do. It. My girlfriend, who is like a dancer, yeah. would be like, "Moshing is not dancing." It is though. It is. Here's it's my totally explanation. Here's yeah. my. Explanation. I, I don't want. I don't want to say it's lesser. Punk is anger. Without any constrictions. Okay. Metal is anger with constrictions, with boundaries. Punk is yeah, just yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. an expression. Punk is pure. Metal is Metal a, is controlled. It's a constructed but control. But not in a expression. not in a bad way. In a not good, a bad no. In a good way. In the in the they take that anger and magnify it like like in magnifying glass burning ants. So as you guys know, we try to cover a lot of different things on our podcast, but there's some things that you might not know too much about that we just really like, like ska and yeah. punk. Um, so just listen to it. 
<laughs> Recommend it to your friends. This Who is cares? the point. This is the point of the podcast where we are sufficiently drunk. <laughs> um, check us out. Uh, <laughs> at Instagram and Facebook groups, and check us out everywhere that you listen. We were. Wait, I just want to make a shout out. Yeah, make a shout out. Um, they do not know of us, but they did just started the thing where you can put your audio commentary and reviews on their podcast. So yeah, I just okay. want to mention one of my favorite podcasts ever, The Weekly Planet. I've heard of it, never listened to it. Oh, they're amazing. They're two <laughs> Aussies. Um, they talk they're best friends. They talk about movies, Marvel stuff, they talk about um, all kinds of stuff. And they're one of my favorite podcasts of all time. And I just want to give you guys a shout out. I don't care if you hear this or anything. You guys are great. You kind of inspire me to do this. Yay. Listen to them. The Weekly Planet. It's um James and Nick Mason. I know I've showed you your... You know what? Here. here. I've showed you their stuff. You sure? You probably have. Here. I they're prom- Aussies. I promise I will go... And Check listen. them out. I will go and listen to them. As long as all of our viewers listening now promise to also go listen to them. Yes. <laughs> you guys listen to them. I because will too. They don't all they don't already have enough uh subscribers and followers. <laughs> could always use more. They could use more. Yeah. Um but yeah, they're one of my favorites, so check them out. So yeah, we're talking about punk and ska and also in respect to their podcast. We will be talking about WandaVision. We will be talking about Kong vs. Godzilla and all these new movies. Don't worry about it. Within the next month. I want to watch the new. Um, Willy's Are you Wonderland. Gonna watch oh Willy's Wonderland? Willy's yeah. Wonderland. Hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Nick Cage. Oh, God. We are planning on an episode when that. In, within the just, month. Just the mere fact that it's a horror movie. We're not going to prom- tables have been turned. I'm just like. Fuck yeah. Nick yeah. Cage is the monster. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to promise a date for that because we work on a very loose schedule right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, 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 plan on an episode about that within a month of when it comes out. Yeah. About. Yeah. Basically. That's about. That sounds about right. <laughs> but I'm excited for that movie. That's, that looks really good. Definitely. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah, we, we were talking about Scott and punk albums. We were talking about we wanted to we wanted to start talking about uh, specific albums and i know we've talked about outcome of the wolves and dookie a lot so far but we're going to talk about some other albums too um that we wanted uh to mention Hang-ups. yeah um, goldfinger goldfinger yeah amazing do you have anything else to say about that i agree it's a really good uh, album tony hawk pro skater 2 <laughs> that's what introduced them to the mainstream media yeah and you know honestly Oh, here I am, Goldfinger. doing all that I can. Goldfinger was a band I kind of forgot about for a while. They're quintessential 90s ska. They're quintessential 90s ska. They're one of those bands that I for- I liked and then forgot about for a while. And it would just be every once in a while I heard them on the radio. And then Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 Remake came out. Remake, that reminded yeah. me. And it got me listening to the album again. Yeah, it's a great it's a album. fucking great album, yeah. Um... Jackson, do you have any other than Dookie and before I, I have some very specific albums uh, I can get into that I'm pretty sure you've listened to. Okay. Um, anyone you any you want to mention first before I get into mine? 
I just want to mention uh, mention um, the specials. Mm. You cannot deny them Thank or you. ignore them. Thank you for mentioning that because I probably the was best I was influential gonna about ska that. bands. I also want you guys to um, acknowledge and listen to Sublime because they weren't always just pop we've, punk or pop ska. We've mentioned them a few times already, but it's just a reminder. They're not just pop. Yeah. They're um, really good. 40 Ounces of Freedom. Yeah. Uh, Sublime, the self-titled album. Um, all their stuff. Great. Yeah, they're, I love Sublime. And Day Rape, I have a fun fact. So the solo on <laughs> Day Rape. Not just for your parents. No, not no. just for my parents. But the solo on Day Rape is the same exact solo as Stairway to Heaven from Led Zeppelin. Is it? Yeah, listen to it. Just I played swear. backwards. Oh, I never, I've never known that. Hey Jackson, uh, can I have one of those brew stompers? <laughs> as long as I get to have a Guinness, my friend. You absolutely can never have trade, a Guinness. Never trade, my friend. <laughs> Dude, that Guinness almost flew off the table like a. Oh. Oh wow. <laughs> that six pack was behaving like an animal. Here's your Guinness. Brew Stomper, a collaboration between Scott so and Rancid. I'm so sorry. Our fans that listen to us on good headphones and shit because we just made a ton of noise and we don't apologize for it. It's just that's part of it. You said sorry. Um, by the way, I just want to say we have soundproofing and sound foam and treatments now. <laughs> It looks beautiful. It does look Sounds beautiful. Great. We got Danny DeVio here. He does all of our production, all of our audio. Thank you, Danny. He's looking good. He's looking good. <laughs> we'll have to post another picture of that. I'll take a picture. And if you guys haven't seen that picture, follow it. Like it. Yeah. Fucking like us. We, we Facebook group, but a lot of most of the pictures go on the Instagram, though. So follow Facebook group if you want to recommend, if you want to comment and post and recommend beers, recommend drinks, recommend topics. But if hey you want to see all our funny, stupid pictures, <laughs> go on the Instagram. That's where. Do you want? Wait, that's where a lot of the fun content do is. Do you want to do live action pictures? Do you want to do pictures of us? What? <laughs> do you want to do pictures of us? Or are you too scared? I'm not too scared, bitch. Do it. <laughs> okay. I just poured some whiskey in my beers. <laughs> So you're you're the odd drunk fan page. Yeah. Oh. All right. Yeah, there. follow the odd drunk I'm fan a, page. I'm officially following you. Yeah. Yay. Tell all my friends, Antonio. all 13 of my friends. Thank you, Antonio. <laughs> we love you. But I will say the place that we're the most active on is Instagram. Yes. That's where all our good pictures go. All our good pictures, everything related to the episode goes on Instagram. The fan, the fan page, we post um, rem reminders to listen to the episode, and we encourage people to interact with us. But the Instagram is where all the entertaining content goes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, Danny DeVio, you're a handsome man. He's doing the finger guns, like kind of, but like cool in a cool subtly. way. Subtly in a cool way. I love it. Yeah. So what got you into punk, Colton? Well, I mentioned earlier Black Flag. The money. But <laughs> the money. <laughs> um, uh, That's not what punk's about. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I mentioned Black Flag earlier. 
I mentioned, uh, oh yeah, our Antonio uh, uh, showing as reminding us of our a fantastic example of one of our Instagram posts. Our um, <laughs> I don't even know what that is. That's one of our dad Gary, rock posts. That is Gary Busey. Oh. But it's infinite. It's infinite Gary Busey's. <laughs> it's inside his own mouth. You guys it's remember Dead Rock, that episode? Get ready for a new our one. Our first episode. We're going to have a new one coming up soon. Uh, no specific date. I just got to get my dad. We're working out. We're going to get an actual dad to join in. It's going to be great. <laughs> technically, yeah, I'm, technically, I'm actually very have. I'm actually very excited. Technically, you had an actual dad last time, but I don't count. <laughs> no, 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 no. And you're, I'm an uncle. You're Antonio. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm not. I'm not either. I'm not. You're a uncle. dad. Shit. Yeah, but, but. Uh, <laughs> I mentioned influential <laughs> albums. I mentioned. What was the album that made you realize? Oh, this is something else. This okay. is outside I, of the norm. I'm pretty drunk right now. I almost fell over. You know, I would I would have to say it was da- it was the Ramones. Yeah, those were the. Okay, you go first. Yeah, yeah, like the Ramones. Nick played them all the time. Those those were probably the ones that I listened to the most of and 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 like connected with. You know, when I was a kid, uh, me and Jackson being the CD era. When I was a kid, I was in uh, preschool, kindergarten. Or whatever. I don't remember. It was. When I was young enough where I don't remember exactly when it was happening. <laughs> um, uh, my parents had gave me a little CD player. And they gave me a group of CDs. And I the ones I remember the most, listening to the most. And I think it actually pretty accurately describes my sense of my taste in music today. I could tell you were trying to burp into the microphone really hard there. <laughs> You'll get it. You'll get one. We won't end this episode <laughs> until you get a really good burp in. I yeah. promise. I'll keep working. We're, we're, yeah, keep working. Um, <laughs> keep practicing. Um, and those CDs, I remember there was the Rolling Stones. Um, what is it? Out of Our Heads, the one with Satisfaction on it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was okay, but it sounded a little more like a gurgle. Um, <laughs> so uh, Rolling Stones... Um, there was a Bob Dylan album that they gave me as a CD. Yeah. It was the one with the, um, I don't remember the name of it, the Everybody Must Get Stoned. Oh. Fucking Bob Dylan. That oh. album. Get the fuck out of here. I hate his voice. Yeah. God. <laughs> um, he always sings about the same shit. And he's like, oh, political. I'm like, Get over here, Bob Dylan. I love Bob Dylan, though. I know. Um, I love him, too. But, like... Uh, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and then there was the two other albums was the Ramones. I think it was just their self-titled album. Um, as well as Devo. Are oh, we not men? Yes! <laughs> yeah, 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 Devo. Why do you think of Devo? I love Devo. Honestly, Talking Heads, Devo, oh, they no. inspired oh, my heads. punk listening. Oh yeah, Devo was what inspired me. But then later, when all later on, when I was told about the Talking Heads, I was like, "Who's the Talking Heads? You should go listen to them." I listened to them. I'm like, "They're like Devo." I would not. Um, have, and <laughs> I would didn't, not. Have, wait, I but, would not have classified Talking but Heads. But didn't as you punk know? Wait, at the yeah. to, at the hey time. Bill, I mean Antonio. 
didn't you know his talking heads were badass? I loved them. I just didn't. I just didn't acknowledge them as punk. A lot of people consider them proto punk. Yeah. Well, I mean, I to me they were new wave, new wave proto punk. But they were in the the reason. So that some people consider them proto punk. Some people consider them new wave because they weren't quite punk, but they were the similar genre to proto punk. But they came out while punk was taking place during like the Clash. Right. Right. So they didn't fit in with the Clash. So they were considered new wave. But genre-wise and sound-wise, I would say they're more proto-punk sound-wise. Yeah. They just didn't come during that proto-punk era. Uh, if any of that, what I made s- said makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but um, there is one album, though. And uh, I want to see if you can guess it. Bill, I don't think you I mean, I'm telling you, I don't think you can guess it. Jackson, <laughs> you might be able to guess it. All right. I kind of doubt it. Woo. I think you'll get really close. I think you'll get down to the band, but I'm not sure you'll get the album. Okay. There's one album that I would say I can trace back to my influences of punk. The one album that made me go, this is fucking awesome. Oh, oh that was a good one, man. Everyone's a good one. You yeah. guys aren't you're <laughs> not close enough to the microphone. you got to get in closer. That's better. Well, it already happened, though. What was the band? What was the band? Well, I mean, band should be the easy part. When you think Colton, what is the the punk band that Colton listens to? <laughs> Streetlight Messes. No. Mighty Mighty Bustos. The punk band, the one that he's seen six fucking times in Flocky Molly. Flocky Molly. <laughs> <laughs> The one that the band that he's dragged you both to all the way fourteen hours across the country. Wait, dude, Dude. I fucking love Foggy Mom. I know, we all love Foggy. But they're awesome. I'm like the band that I've dragged you both (laughs) fourteen hours across the country to go see in concert. That band, but wait, 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 Colton. I've always knew about Foggy Molly. Yeah, but being able to and. Experience them in such close quarters. It's in that what, genre. It's what uh, the first time I saw them live was in 2013. Yeah, I know you didn't get to see them when they were like first the thing. Yeah, I got to see them first in 2013. I think that was it. Yeah, that, that was a, like mid yeah, flogging. 2000, 2013. It was um, when their most recent album was um, uh, float. not Life is Good, but Float. float. Yeah. Yeah. Was the most recent album. I and will say. I really liked it because so. so Wait, wait. Can I say something? Yeah. I love Life is Good. Yeah. Life is Good well, is actually really good. Well, when did they start taking off? Because I 90s, remember them in 2003. Mid 90s. No, n- late 90s. Late 90s. 97, Well, I would say they became a thing in mid 90s. They became a thing. They started in the mid 90s. Yeah. They became a thing in the late nineties. They started. Okay. They started recording albums and such. Right. But they didn't um, become a, like a big mainstream thing till the early two thousands. Okay, because yeah. that's when so I first heard him was like. Flogging Molly was. Um, my mom. They're amazing. Well, my dad was more the punk guy. My mom was new, more the new wave. Yeah. Uh, which I appreciate too. My mom was who got me into Violent Femmes and Talking Heads. Fuck yeah. Oh, uh, nice. And uh, Elvis Costello. God. <laughs> Uh, I can do a whole episode on Elvis Costello. <laughs> we will. Um, we should. <laughs> yeah. Um, she is the one that I remember, at least from my memory, getting me into the Flogging Molly 
uh, the flogging Molly. Uh, I, th- I realize it f- feels weird that I said the there. Um, and the, f- the album I listened to was Float. And admittedly, Float was the only album I listened to until I saw them live. In 2013, I went with uh, I went with my mom and my friend Keith. Shout out Keith! I doubt you're listening, but if you are, you're the fucking bomb. Um, go easy, dude. <laughs> it's whiskey. Yeah. You had several really big chugs of that, but I mean, I'll try to match you there. Match me. Irish whiskey. Oh, I haven't God. been this drunk in a while, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but enjoy. Pretty good Irish. Slain Irish whiskey. It's not the best Irish whiskey I've had, but it's only like 20 bucks a bottle. Yeah, and that's what you want. Which, um, 20 bucks a bottle is pretty fucking good. <laughs> but uh, anyway, but Float was the album that I listened to because my mom listened to it. 20 ounces of freedom was for me. For me. Yeah. Sublime Green Day Rancid even Weezer they got me into punk I'm not yeah. saying that they were quintessential punk yeah but they got me into that and their melodies their composition Influen- made me realize it influences you to this day when you're when you're writing your own song exactly when and when you were helping write songs in the very early days of molly nixon's when you were helping us write songs there was those influences there well and punk made me realize that songs don't have to be anything significant no but they have to have that emotion to them yeah and and you just know, because they don't have any philosophical or significant meaning to them they do need that but flogging molly though so float was the album that I was into and then i saw them live and this is every single person i've seen i've gone to a concert with who has never seen them live before has been one of those uh oh they're pretty good and then after the concert those guys are fucking awesome <laughs> every single person i've taken to see them live because they are just so fucking fun live. And and earlier we were talking about, we were saying, guess the not just the artist, but the album that is my most influential punk album. And that is Float. Because hmm. they were the first Flogging Molly album that, and the most listened to album by me. For me, it was Goldfinger and Rancid. Good That's fucking, fun. yeah. Good fucking choice. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I listened to a lot of Sublime that was like post punk. Yeah, post. You know what I mean? I um, do know what you mean. Um, there's one artist that I listen to a lot, but I listen to his post punk stuff. Um, I have a tattoo Jared. on my <laughs> left forearm here that none of you know really, unless you've heard me talk about it, because it's not super recognizable tattoo. Um, Joe Strummer. Joe Strummer, yeah. From oh, The yeah. Clash. It's the spring, yeah. It's as much as I'm a big fan of The Clash, and my dad... He was more reggae. He, he, some of his stuff is very reggae. Um, but, well, the, at least The Clash. Yeah. And my dad, for example, who got me into the, his, my first experiences with Black Flag, he was telling me recently he wants to get a tattoo of 
the you know the image of uh, London Calling of him Joe Strummer smashing the guitar. He wants to get a silhouette of Joe Strummer smashing the guitar as a tattoo. It's a badass tattoo, I think. Um, because the Clash is so influential for him, but I'm a little bit further than that. The Clash, as much as I listen to them, is not the influential part. It's Joe Strummer, his later stuff. Joe Strummer and the Mescaleros, who where you say the Clash had reggae influences was they punk. did but they absolutely did i mean they had songs that were straight up reggae ska songs they covered yeah um there's one that i think rancid did a version of and it wasn't mm-hmm. a clash did it first but it wasn't like a, a, a clash song you know yeah. um but joe strummer's later stuff wasn't reggae it was folk yep um there's one song it's called long shadow and um, Joe Strummer wrote it for you know when at the end of Johnny Cash's life when he was <laughs> recording a bunch of songs with other musicians he did Rusty Cage he did some stuff from Tom Petty Soundgarden. he did stuff with yeah with Soundgarden with uh Chris Cornell Cornell yeah. uh, that grunge page on Facebook is gonna kill me for not remembering his last name um, hey <laughs> I don't care what kind of um, fan you are Chris Cornell is badass he's cool he's he cool I really like Chris Cornell yeah but. <laughs> So I'm having That's an inside joke there. Um, Bill. Well, no, I was just thinking. You know Chris Cornell, right? Yeah, I've heard of him. I don't know him personally. <laughs> well, none of us do. None well, of us I mean, do. Some, some people do. I but wish, he's I, I, wish I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a cool guy. Yeah. Well, no, what I was thinking also about, like, I'm thinking, like, what about, where does Doctor Strange records, and, uh, those. Yeah. I, can tell you, I can tell you a little bit. They're all that. a part of the, the yeah. world, the punk scene. So I'm going to finish here real quick with Joe Strummer, and then we can get into the lo- that local Yeah, let's stuff. get into that. Because that's, that's a good place to end here, is with the local punk. Um, so Joe Strummer, he wrote Long Shadow for Johnny Cash, and then Johnny Cash died. So Joe Strummer recorded Long Shadow. And then Joe Strummer died mm-hmm. within a year of Johnny Cash. Hmm. Um, so there's this whole so- – and the last Joe Strummer album, Street Core, which is what I have tattooed on my arm, this uh, symbol here, this uh, this uh, white, uh, like, gutter spiral symbol. Um, that is the symbol. I'm sorry. Of- <laughs> I'm just looking at Jay DeVito. Uh, Danny. Wait, it's uh, like he's really here. Danny, can you please be in our podcast in real life? We have a cardboard cutout of Danny if you're on here. If you're confused, <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> I think he'd sit in on a Zoom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you could sit and talk to the cutout while he's Maybe on the I'll Zoom. Uh, shoot, him in a, uh, uh, shoot him an email. Shoot him an email. Just a request. Most likely he won't respond, but there is a chance that he does. That'd be cool as hell. Um, but Joe Strummer, he <laughs> did – he did – uh, that's that, that's my my story about Street Court or um, Long Shadow. That song he wrote for Johnny Cash is an example of the style that he was writing, right towards the end of his life, and that's what I listen to a lot. Joe Strummer of the Clash, doing folk music. Oh yeah, um, and that is a real. That's probably one of the biggest influences on my current, um, both what I listen to and what I play actually play as a musician. Um, but you mentioned Dr. Strange. Yes. And um, not the Marvel character. I can talk about Dr. Strange records and I, we, we can a little bit, but I think that should lead us into the final part of our discussion. 
here of local punk. Yeah, well, that's kind of what I was bringing it up for. Yeah, was like the and I saw the local scene. I saw what you meant there. Yeah, local punk. Doctor Strange Records is a strange is a uh, record store, although they do have a record label. They do. Um, a lot it's of just, patches. It's just so pretty small. Patches. It's a record store out of, of uh, Altaloma, California. Um, I'm from Rancho Cucamonga, California, which um, Altaloma versus Rancho Cucamonga, they're kind of the same city. But you live in Mexico now. <laughs> you do. Um, yes, I do. And you um, work in New York. Yes. Huh. Okay. Um, Altaloma and Rancho Cucamonga, there's a whole history of there. Altaloma is technically actually just part of Rancho Cucamonga, but out people who live in Altaloma uh, distinguish themselves from it. It's one of those situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but out, out of Altaloma, California, Doctor Strange Records. <laughs> my personal favorite record store ever. I love that place. I have mem- fond memories there. A lot of patches. It's a punk-themed record store. But I, Jackson, I know you have record stores you're fond of. Mm-hmm. Tell us about them. A record store that I've always loved in my local town is um, Starlight Records. They have just about anything you can think of, but they always focus on metal and punk records. And you could always find outlandish records. Another record store that's, I like. That's all I ask for a record store, really, is that I can find different stuff. The different Another like yeah. record store I liked. Um, even if they even if they don't have specifically punk stuff, if they have different stuff, that's that's good well, enough. That, that brings me to um, Star Records in um, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, yeah, those. They had a lot of good rare stuff. They had a lot of good punk stuff. Good, good uh, metal stuff. But slowly throughout time, throughout COVID, they became became more a metal and um postcore centric. I can understand that because of the because of the COVID pandemic, um, how record stores might start catering more to what actually sells. Right. Uh, there's a record store in California where I grew up with. I grew up going to. It's called Rhino Records. Um. I'm wearing a shirt right now, actually. Mm-hmm. Rhino Records. <laughs> um, that was unintentional. Uh, <laughs> Rhino Records is in Claremont, California. They're good, and uh, they they're a big record store. Yeah, the size of a of a gymnasium. A, a gymnasium, yeah. yeah. The size of a gymnasium. That's that's the best. That's the word I was looking. Yeah, um, and they they've always been good. They've yeah, always, they've always had good stuff. But they've always been a little more mainstream. They just had variety. But it was the mainstream so of that variety. Yeah. Um, but I always enjoyed them. So it's like, if you went, like, for example, if you went in and looked and wanted punk records, they had them. Some record stores won't, won't have them at all because they're too small and punk records don't sell. Rhino Records had them. They just didn't have anything more than Sex Pistols and Rancid. Okay, I have a question. Yeah. So, Antonio's. What made you dislike certain punk music and like other punk music? I don't know if I could actually say I dislike. What was the punk music that you connected to? 
No, again, it goes back to the Ramones and the Sex Pistols and like all the classics, because that's what I was educated with. That's what I was exposed to. You were educated with that classic <laughs> punk, and then and then later on, you were really immersed in that. Well, I was punk? living in it. I was living yeah. in it. I was like living in a punk house, a charred dog house. So they were like, we were having shows all the time. And so I like was totally being exposed to bands coming through from Japan and from Australia, from all over the world. So, yeah. but that a lot of that was again, classic, like, like really classic punk and w- the history. It wasn't uh, until I was r- hanging around with Caleb and you guys that you started pulling that me into into the more modern <laughs> the more modern concepts and how it's kind of grown yeah out of that yeah so well I was mentioning like Rhino Records where my big problem with them was you were talking about the, the modern classics um Rhino Records was a big record st- like fairly large record store they were able to carry whatever they wanted but they were also a record store that carried what sold yeah so they when it come to punk rock they carried Sax Pistols and Ramones and Rancid. They didn't carry AC/DC. much. Yeah, they didn't. ACDC, they always had that. They didn't carry much else. Every once in a while, they had a big record. I bought a Flogging Molly record there once. That was a pretty cool find. Um, not punk rock at all. I bought a vocal record there once. <laughs> um, but I, I, I bring it up. Vocal is not punk rock, but that's not like a common band to see at a record store. Right, and they had it, but in general, as much as I liked them, they were big, and they carried what sold. Yeah. Um, Doctor Strange Records, because they were a punk record store, they carried punk, and they still carried what sold. But people recognized that they were a niche record store. There you go. Anyway, that's been a fun episode. It has been. We got some guest calls. It's kind of a long episode on our... Well, I mean, not really. We've had long episodes before. We are trying to make them more reasonable in length. How long was it? Um, <laughs> Almost two and a half hours. There we go. Yeah, but by the time you're done editing, it'll be two hours. It'll yeah. Be perfect. yeah. It'll be perfect. It'll, it'll be fine. Don't worry about uh, it. We've had three and a half hours episodes before. Well, yeah. This is a good episode. Yeah. I had a good time. Did you have a good time, I had Jackson? an excellent time. Bill? I did. Yeah. You are ready to pass <laughs> yeah. out. I haven't seen you this drunk in about a year. <laughs> it's been... My last birthday. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. What about uh, you guys? I'm good. I think that's been a good episode. I'm pretty funny. End it. Plastered. I want to thank all of you for that's joining it. in for tonight's episode of See you Drunk guys later. Odd Podcast. The Odd Drunk Podcast is for you. <laughs>